Welcome, everyone, to the Enter the Vortex podcast with Carol and Erin, where we share our experiences and opinions on the metaphysical and physical aspects of life as we know it. I am excited to dive into this topic. We are going to talk about what dreams slash nightmares, as well as like how to zero point um, closing trajectories and manifestation, which will be a ton of fun. Dreams and dreaming. And for those of you that are on the podcast and can't enjoy the beauty that is our faces, Eric and I are matchy-matchy today and we didn't plan this. So I'm just throwing that out into the world that we did not consult that we're both wearing black with really hot red lipstick, but whatever, pinup style today. <laughs> I love it. It's just like, you know, we were kind of throwing out there like what kind of ideas we wanted to do for this episode and and then we were like oh dreams and manifesting and like dreaming and things like that I'm like okay cool and then like we both show up like this (laughs) like this is this is our dreaming and like manifestation gear or whatever like I don't know okay actually it's not really off topic but I don't know about you but whenever I'm doing something that's like requires a lot of energy or if I'm doing um not that I do spell work or anything really but like if I'm doing really like a lot of ritual or ceremony or if I'm doing um any sort of manifesting I always tend to get into like black colors like I want to wear like black shirt um like I might wear like really dark colored pants um Mm. and like I just want to wrap myself around with like black it's like I guess black is um I don't know, such a truly magical color to me. <laughs> I don't know about you. <laughs> it's just. I would say that 96% of my wardrobe is black. So I don't know that I could connect that me showing up to <laughs> ceremony in black is a reflection of me, me like choosing that. It's just that I, I feel at home in black. Um, but I am, I do like pops of color too. Uh, and I actually think one of the biggest ceremonies that I ever went to that stood out for me, we were invited to wear all white because it was a mm-hmm. Yule ceremony. And so that's the welcoming back of the light of the year, um, which is likely something that I will replicate again this year. And I think that black is just so timeless and it's, it's like rep- kind of to me, it represents all or nothing or all and nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, because it is, I think, the absence of light in the color wheel. Yes, I think it's the absence of light, but it's also all of the colors. All of the colors. So that's an interesting paradox, being the absence of light, but all the colors absorbed into the absence of light. It's kind of, it, it's fascinating anyway. Yeah. It's an interesting talk, like diversion into our topic today. Mm-hmm. Um yeah so how otherwise how are you doing today oh life has been interesting that is for sure with the first snowfall of the year and just I I really feel like it's the the energy isn't really heavy anymore it's more shifted into that really busy season Mm -hmm. and like summer was busy for me too fall was a little more calm but right now that especially with winter in our face with the weather that's happening in our province um It really just feels like it's that busy time where there's always something to do preparing for the holidays and just preparing for the ending of this year and and into the next year because we're only like a coffee, what, seven weeks away from New Year's, which is wild. (laughs) (laughs) I can't think about Christmas and New Year's yet. (laughs) Well, I'm not thinking about Christmas, but I am thinking about the shift that we're going to see coming into 2022, which I think feeds into 
you know, the idea of dreams, recurring dreams, why they happen, recurring nightmares, but then also dreaming and creating and manifesting what we really want um, mm -hmm. out of life. And I feel like just collectively, we start to think about that, whether you're following the pagan wheel of the year, whether you're following one of the more like modern calendars, I freaking hate calendars, man. I taught kindergarten and calendar math is the bane of my freaking existence. Like, uh, although it was fun, like I got to do little weather reports and stuff, but I don't know, man, I I'm so checked out of time. I don't pay attention to time. I don't pay attention to the dates. I don't like someone tells me to be somewhere at a certain time. And unless my phone notifies me or my friend notifies me, I'm probably going to miss it. Or I show up late. Cause you know, get a message 15 minutes into the call. Hey, you coming on this call? You said you're coming to. Oh, right. What time is it? Yes. What day is it? What am I still on planet Earth? Like, <laughs> yeah, I I agree because I know right now, like being off on holidays, like I haven't really needed to have any sort of mm. concrete idea of what day it is, other than like my husband getting up and going to work every day. I don't know what it is until it's like a weekend. And because he was off work today, because when we film, when we film this, when we're recording this, it's Remembrance Day. So mm -hmm. he was off today and I woke up today. I'm like, it's Saturday. I'm like, no, it's not. It's not Saturday. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's actually really interesting because I know he, uh, honestly, my husband doesn't really dream or I shouldn't say he doesn't dream. He doesn't remember his dreams very well. Mm. Um, and for whatever reason, the last few nights, he's been having the craziest dreams that he remembers. Um, and it's just, it's really interesting because then he'll wake up and he'll be like, did you, like, he'll send me a text in the morning. He's like, did you have really vivid dreams last night? And I'd be like, yeah, but I gen like, I generally have pretty crazy dreams. Mm. Um, and it's interesting because like, I have like two different types of dreams when I'm dreaming, right? Generally. So I'll have a dream that's kind of like, well, that was really weird, but it absolutely means nothing. And then I have these really vivid ones where I'm like, oh, dude, that, that means something. Like there's a deeper message to that. And depending on the dream, I wonder if like now with my lensing, when I look back, I'm like, I wonder if that was like an Akashic record being like coming up to show me what needs to be cleared or something like that. Um, you know, or like sometimes it's like messages coming through. Like I've had dreams where I've crossed over loved ones um, or like spirits have come to me and it's just like super mm. bizarre and weird. Um, the f I think the funniest dreams that I, well, they were more nightmares at the time, but I think the funniest ones that were like really bizarre was, um, so when you are pregnant, sometimes this is a thing apparently, I guess the hormones or whatever can create these really weird dreams. So I remember reading that and I'm like, huh, that's really interesting. And like, this was in like the first trimester. And I had like probably two or three of these dreams where I would be like going about my normal day, but then demons were trying to possess me. <laughs> oh, demons. I know. I'm like, okay, this is interesting. And like, I don't know what it is, but it would be like, I'd be at the point where the demon, like, cause you know, like you're walking into a house and things on the ceiling crawling at you like a crab or something really creepy. And you're like, oh, I don't, don't want this at all. And it would go to launch at me. And that was when I would wake up. Right. And I'm like, that's super trippy. Um, but it stopped once I got into my second trimester, which was super weird. Um, 
which kind of leads me into another point that I have, but like when I was growing up and still do have this thing where if I'm having a really bad nightmare, which doesn't happen often, but if I have nightmares and I'm absolutely terrified of whatever it is that's happening in my dreams, there's like, I don't know if it's an aspect of me or my higher self or just like a voice or a guide or something that comes in that's like, stop. And it literally stops the dream. It's like, you're dreaming. You don't have to be worried about this. And then it's just like my dream, my uh, nightmare will shift to something that's more positive or like, it'll just end and I'll switch into something else. It's like the coolest thing ever. And I've had that since being a child, which is like, I mean, I don't know of any other children that can like that just have that thing that just like, nope, you're dreaming. Don't even, don't even give this a second thought. It's like super cool. That's a very great awareness. I, um, your stories ping me on a few things. I'll go to the child night terrors first. I uh, had a, a former colleague of mine came to me. This was like 20 years ago. And she was talking about how um, her youngest sibling mm-hmm. was like a single digit age at the time and was having these like really intense nightmares. And this was at the beginning of my spiritual journey. And I had just devoured every single Sylvia Brown book that I could get my hands on. Um, but Sylvia Brown does talk on the night terrors topic a little bit. And I think what's important to remember when we're raising children um, and to have the awareness of what is going on as I had this conversation with her and I said, like, is it possible that your sibling is processing something in their sleep? I didn't really, I didn't have an awareness of psychic attacks back then because it maybe could have been that as well. Um, but one thing that really stood out was we had this conversation and it just pinged me to say to her, like, tell your sibling that if they are in dream state, they still have the same power as they do mm-hmm. in awake state. And they're the ones that like maintain the control over it. And um, we, we did some healing, I think, just on the conversation. And I, I don't even know what, what healing was back then. It was probably more witchcraft based stuff. Cause she was kind of into that stuff too. I mean, yeah. I chat in my lunchroom all the time about it. Um, but she was saying that essentially she sat beside her sibling's bed after the child had fallen asleep and calmed this child and just kind of spoke directly to the child's soul, higher self. And it's like, you know, whatever it is that you're processing, it's not necessary to carry into this lifetime. You are safe now. And she whispered that to this child while this child was sleeping and the night terror stopped, which I thought was really fascinating. And, and that also sparked her to then consume all the Sylvia Brown books and go on her own really beautiful spiritual path as well. But I thought like, man, if my parents would have had awareness of my nightmares as a kid, because my recurring nightmares as a kid was always dying in a fire. And now that I have my Akashic awareness, I have several timelines where I was involved in a very traumatic fire, or, you know, there was other things where I was like killed by fire or had to rescue somebody out of a fire. And once I had that awareness, those dreams actually stopped. So I do think there is some tangible, um, evidence to the fact that they might actually be like you said an indication of a past life process the other thing that pinged me was that image of the demons um i remember this buffy the vampire slayer episode that i watched where there was a character that had come after buffy and it was crawling along with the ceiling like that and in my teens maybe early 20s i very distinctly remember having a similar experience and at the time i just put it down to me replaying that episode in my head 
but I very distinctly remember feeling like as if I was being tossed around my bedroom by this being on my ceiling. And until I actually had awareness of what it was, basically told it, told it to get lost, but it was hard for me to wake up because you're at that like sleep state where you slip and you jolt and, but almost like, I forget what sleep paralysis, I think is what it's called, mm-hmm. where you're conscious, but your body is still very much immovable and you feel like mm-hmm. you're in for, like freeze and you can't move, you can't do anything about it. Um, but more recently with new awareness about like attacks that I've had, which I can explain later, um, is like, I actually now I get to the point where I wake up and I'm running those clearing statements in my head naturally of like, you know, don't touch my body, get out of my body. Um, like just whatever it is, like I'm revoking the cons- consent right away. There's a few times where I've woken up like reciting, I recant or sin recall all whatever the whole the whole string of clearing that away, which is like I kind of had a laugh to myself. I was like, wow, I guess you know that you're like really embodying your practice when you can do it in your sleep as well. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's it's really interesting because like I when I was having those dreams of like the the demons trying to possess me, I was like, are they like coming after me is it because my body knows I'm pregnant and like it's interpreting that as like Mm -hmm. I don't know being possessed (laughs) or is it like cool story bro (laughs) right (laughs) or am I having the demon spawn I don't know (laughs) some days we call her gremlin so (laughs) who knows um yeah it's just it's a really interesting like your brain is just so fascinating sometimes like the dreams it creates and like the fact that we don't even fully understand the brain is so fascinating to me like yeah who knows what if we're like i mean who knows maybe we're astral traveling or hopping into another timeline or aspect of self or you know whatever right like these are things that probably are already happening Mm -hmm. and we can't like modern day science hasn't caught up to that aspect yet right mm-hmm. yeah because like I mean we could go off on a tom- uh, topic about like um remote viewing and, and astral travel and things like that but different episode let's get back <laughs> to the dreams <laughs> let's pr- let's practice that together first so that we can have an actual experience because that would be really cool I do think there is something to astral traveling and I think that may also be related a little bit to sleep paralysis sometimes. So I really love the practice of saying all of me come back to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and even setting the intention before going to bed, hey body, stay in your, hey soul, stay in your body today. Like if we're gonna travel, we can do that telepathically. We don't have to do that like full soul exit and then back again kind of thing. Yeah, right. <laughs> let's let's make it less traumatic on the body. So when the human realizes what's going on, she doesn't freak the fuck out. <laughs> Please. Yes. Yes. Um, but yeah, so like, let's talk about dreams. Like, do you, I think you mentioned like some reoccurring dreams that happened. Mm-hmm. Do you have any other? Any um, other lately I've been having some interesting, uh, like really, I don't actually can't even put a pinpoint on it, whether I'm getting prophetic dreams or whether they're warnings or whether they're experiences of like soul contracts that are being played out in dream state. Um, but most recently, I woke up. Now, the backstory is that I spent an awful lot of time hiking in the woods, and I love feeding the birds. 
And I can even get the birds to land on my hand without offering them any food, just because I just shift my energy into playfulness. And the chickadees especially will land on my hand. And sometimes they are looking for food. And when I can tell they're looking for food, I feel really bad because I don't have the food. But just this last week, I actually filled my car with seeds. So next time we hike, I will have some goodies for them. But they have an interesting feeling when they land on your hand, right? Because of their little talons, even, even the small chickadees. Um, the last time I went on a hike, I saw a blue jay and it was a full grown adult blue jay. And it was evading me because I had my camera and I was like, ah, you sticker, you don't want to be caught. That's fine. But then a couple of days later, I had this dream where I was feeding the chicky chickadees and they were landing on me. And then I had a baby blue jay land on my hand. And the baby blue jay landed on my ring finger and my middle finger. And it kind of just had like a nice, good, solid grip enough that I could physically and consciously have this awareness that I was getting I could feel the bird on my hand and it looked straight at me and it wouldn't let go. And I don't know if there was something else going on or if it was trying to bring me to conscious awareness in, in the dream, if this bird was trying to warn me of something, but then the hand itself, like, or sorry, where the bird was hanging onto my hand in the dream, it got tighter and tighter. And I started to get upset and I was like, okay, bird, like you need to let go of my hand. You're starting to dig in. Like it didn't actually pierce the skin, but I could physically feel it in my dream state. And I thought to myself, like, what do I need to do to, like, get this bird to, like, let me go? Like, it's already taken the seeds that was in my hand, what's going on here? And it got even more intense to the point where I actually woke up. And I woke up kind of shaking my hand off, but my hand was numb. Now, my hand does go numb sometimes when I sleep, especially because I'm a side sleeper and I like to curl up and it will, you know, cut off circulation. And that's like a natural human thing, right? But I woke up to the point where my hand was throbbing and I thought, hmm. There's got to be more to it, but I have a lot going on. And I don't know. It's like tracking this right now. So I left it for a little while until we had a chat a couple days ago. And then I had the awareness of like, what if this was a warning, but also what if this was a distraction? And if they're going to use an innocent bird being as a distraction for what is actually happening in my dream state, like that kind of grinds my gears a little bit because that feels like a bit of a manipulation. Mm -hmm. And so it's making me really curious now to look back on especially in the last couple of years the more that I'm consciously aware of my psychic skills so I'm almost looking back on all of my dreams in a different lensing now and thinking like okay was there keys in here that I needed was like how to rule out if this is a psychic attack if this was a galactic timeline if this was an akashic timeline being played out like I don't know that I I don't think I sleep talk um my members of my other family do this though I have a funny story about that which I'll get to in a few minutes but um I just, it just makes me want to explore more about dreaming and have a deeper understanding of how the brain works and uh, look at sleep studies and see what, you know, scientists have already documented and just kind of compare it to what we know in the metaphysical realm as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. Like it's, dreams are just really, really interesting. And like I had said, like, I kind of have two types of dreams, like the, the ones that are just like, wow, that was just weird. And then the ones that feel more like legit. And I'm trying to remember one. I know I had written it down, um, but it was a really weird, like vivid dream um, actually that involved my husband. And it was so neat. Um, yeah, like, okay, I, I wrote it down and I'll read it to you. Okay, so it starts out with like my husband and I and some other people gathered at a church of all things. 
Um, there are women performing the ceremony and uh, yeah, there's women getting the, the ceremony like ready, I guess. There was some sort of ceremony that was happening, but it didn't feel like religious church. Okay. Um, myself and my husband were getting married in this dream. And this dream takes place in like the 1600s or something. So my husband and I came together and the ceremony starts and the woman presiding over the ceremony starts to draw blood from a prick on her finger into a pipette of sorts. So like a tube. Mm-hmm. Um, when I asked her about it, she's like, um, it's for the ceremony. And that <laughs> my husband and I remain oblivious to what she's doing. Before she can finish something i don't know exactly what she was um something or someone bursts into the church and then interrupts the ritual and it turns out that we are somehow we somehow jump in time so we jump forward um to like now it's 50 years later and everyone finds out um that they are uh yeah when everyone finds out that we jump time they're upset and angry and the woman, this woman starts telling me it's okay and giving them gifts. The gifts turn out to be magical and the women of the group start claiming to be witches and have powers. This is so trippy. <laughs> Reading this back now. That's amazing. Wow. Um, I knew I was a true witch and I had powers of my own without the gifts that they were giving. I guess these gifts were like, in I don't know, some sort of like mock of the um the gifts that i had had or something like that um the woman yeah right uh the woman laughs and then tells everyone uh to come after me oh my god this is a witch story (laughs) so i fled and i start to fly and fight back knowing that i needed to get out after i had escaped and knowing that they would hurt me if i ever returned i wrote a letter to my husband and sent along a book explaining why I had to go. Then I disguised myself and snuck into his home and I was able to see him as uh, he read my letter. I wanted so much to touch him and to kiss him. And then one of the evil witches came in and I turned in, I turned invisible and I froze. Dude, I need to track this. <laughs> I'm like, shit, dude. This is totally a Akashic. <laughs> That is, I'm hearing a lot of wow am I ever hearing a cat. We can track into that one. That's for sure oh, yeah. some things we can track into. Um, That's amazing. So interesting, right? <laughs> so this woman that came to see him, one of the evil witches, as I called her, um, she had asked him if he had seen me or if he knew where I was. And he said he didn't. And he didn't because I didn't say in my letter. She was angry and I could tell and she uh, would make him pay at some point. But today is not that day. After she left, I could breathe again, but I had to leave and I couldn't take him with me because they would find us. So I left alone and the dream ended. I'm like, shit. (laughs) What I had said at the bottom here is like, so a very strange dream and I'm not sure what it means or how it relates to everything, but it was very interesting anyways. This was July 3rd of 2016. Wow. Cool, eh? I wonder if that's where the protective factor comes from. I don't know, but I'm like, now that I'm reading it with the lensing I have, like, I, I knew I had this dream and I had written it down somewhere, but I didn't look at it until, like, I literally just read it to you guys. Mm. Um, but now I'm looking back, I'm like, oh, so, like, there's my invisible thing. 
there's like this need to protect me, this weird ass like witch wounding shit, like the mm-hmm. whole ostracizing, ostracizing of me and things like that. Like there's so many things packed into the story that I'm like, shit, dude, <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> Aaron's unwinding some Akashics after this podcast. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, now I know what I'm going to be doing my evening. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I actually did keep a, a dream journal uh, in my 20s and early 30s. I kind of fell away from writing it down because you require some discipline on, like, having a dream and then waking up and remembering to write it down right away. But um, you did ping me that I did have a dream of uh, where I was, <laughs> I was at my own funeral. And this was when I worked in daycare, um, so eh, 15-ish years ago. And one of my particular students, she was a very prominent being. And so it's her, for her to show up in the middle of the dream, it, it, was, it, it was funny timing anyway. So essentially, I'm on this hill looking down upon my funeral, realizing that I was a really well-established musical teacher that my children were at this funeral and they were all heartbroken, but they were all speaking about all of my musical accomplishments and my life accomplishments. And I kind of thought to myself, well, shit, if I was a musician in the past life, like I want that stuff back. Cause I think it would be really cool to be able to just sit down in front of a piano and play as if I was a master. I don't even know if that's the right word for it, but <laughs> um, because I've always wanted to play piano and I think that's interesting. And it would be really cool also to learn acoustic guitar. I think um, percussion I can handle because drums are drums and I've always been I've always been akin to, to percussion in this life already. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the, the string instruments has always intrigued me, but also I felt a little intimidated by, I think, as a small child and growing up. But so I'm at this funeral and I'm hearing all of these beautiful things. And I actually got a visual of what my name was on like the place card from the funeral. And I know that I have that written down somewhere that I was like, I want to track into that and see if I can actually find a person with that name. But in the middle of this dream was the hijack or the distraction of this, this child uh, in my care coming, running across the hill. And I was like, what is she doing here? She's not safe if she's all by herself, who's watching her? And I got snapped out of the dream state. And I was then instead chasing after this child during the dream which Mm -hmm. I thought was kind of cool. It was an interesting thing to have. I think that's why it stood out so much because she was also in my dream. So I was like, hmm, there must be something to it. I don't necessarily know if there's anything about the child being in there, but it was just an interesting little like side, like sideshow, (laughs) literally. Um, But I also had another dream that flashed to me around the same time that would have been in my journal as well, where again, it was that witch wounding kind of thing. And I remember walking into a church and standing at the front and providing a speech. And then I there was a crowd of people that had come into this church and started accusing me of being a witch and you know telling me what my fate was going to be. And I essentially said something along the lines of, well, if you're gonna, if you're gonna, I don't know if I said it, if you're gonna burn me as a witch, or if you guys, since you guys think that I am this, I may as well prove you right. And I snapped my fingers and levitated, and the whole crowd like went oh like that big sigh that spook of like shock and I remember very very distinctly like it was like as if I was looking through the eyes of the person levitating and I was looking at the crowd in the church and I had my long robes draping down below me and you could tell that my feet were not touching the ground and then when that dream ended I woke up and was like I want to fucking know how to levitate because that's got to be a thing like I'm sure there's a way that we can energetically charge ourselves that we can actually lift the human body off the ground if if telepathy and telekinesis are a thing 
why can't levitation be a thing? I bet you it's a thing. That's so cool. Like a light bulb. <laughs> I, be able to I, love, float. I love that. You're just like, well, I'll show you. Yeah. <laughs> I'll show you. Exactly. That's, that's true Carol fashion. Come on now. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Awesome. Well, and I know that like we had mentioned earlier that like this is kind of around the time where people start thinking about like, you know, the next year and what they want to manifest and what they want to work on and things like that. Um, and I know that like, for me, it's sometime between like, basically like Halloween to about like, obviously new year's kind of when I start really playing in that energy of like, what do I want to manifest? What do I want to accomplish? what kind of dreams and hopes do I have for the future? Where do I see myself in, you know, a year or two years, five years, 10 years, you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and really like playing in that energy. What about you? Um, I would say that it probably drops in for me at the beginning of October. Mm, Actually, it might even, sometimes I plan in a little bit in August because I always look at August as an ending because it is the ninth month, but also historically like you know the school system you know that someone summer holiday ends and then I started working in the school system so again I was off holidays and going back to work in the fall Mm -hmm. Um, but even in my hospitality jobs like again the fall was the busy season and up to Christmas parties and then it kind of lulled February March and then back into wedding season and then you know yada yada but I tend to look a little bit around August and then play around in this in the energy in September but then my birthday's in October so that tends to be where I start to reflect on what I actually want to achieve and what the last year looked like and how I want the next year to look. And I stay in that energy probably until around January 15th, because I really don't like the stigma of the new year's resolution. Mm -hmm. Um, Because to be quite honest, most resolutions are dead by the 15th. And I have that mentality of (laughs) if, if that's actually a true thing, then this is where the I'll show you comes into play. Because then I'm like, well, if I can actually start something in January and get past the 15th or wait until the 15th to avoid that energy of the first two weeks of everything dying off and start fresh on the 15th of January, that allows the holiday season to kind of calm down because there are aspects of my family that follow the um, the Ukrainian calendar and they're still celebrating their uh, Christmas season up until I think it's like usually on the 12th-ish or so when they're doing that new year happens. So I really try and stay in the collective energy of if it's still New Year somewhere, um, I'm kind of playing around with that. And mm-hmm. um, But I've also realized in the last couple of years, it's been a really deep challenge for me to not even be aware that I haven't been dreaming. And it was actually you, um, I posted about this on my Instagram and I'm going to read a piece of it because I said like the last few years um, and especially the last few months have been full of a lot of loss. Um, exceptionally draining in my world and you know in the deep soul work that I've been exploring since my dad passed away in 2016 I didn't realize it at the time but I've been walking this really dark shamanic death and it's like a long drawn out unnecessarily drawn out process um but when I had asked you what was going on with my field your response was I just don't think you've had the chance to dream in a long time and that's very true um but when you're in that darkness, it's, it can be challenging for you to actually want to dream from that state mm-hmm. of mind because you don't see the way out because you're still in the thick of it. And so all I really needed for me anyway, with the key to that was to acknowledge that I hadn't been dreaming. And then I got the, the emotional le- release that I needed uh, to kind of clear away that muck and that heaviness that has allowed, or has 
kind of prevented me from dreaming the kind of life that I want. And I've been working away behind the scenes at creating a completely different paradigm for myself to leave public education, to leave the hospitality industry, and to leave any sort of formal nine to five style expectation job where I'm the employee and I have to answer to an employer because I really don't even want to answer to anybody else but myself in all mm-hmm. aspects of life. Um, and so for me, like, I guess once that kind of cleared and that stirring begun, I've had so many shifts and I think I've just, I'm going to check the date on this post. This post was on November 4th, it's now the 11th. And since then, just those short amount of days, I've had so much inspiration flood, despite this chaos that is still happening in my world. And it's just keeping me propelled forward. And I actually am looking forward to 2022 to see what it's going to bring and see what I'm going to create. Um, Because literally every aspect of myself is going to be completely different in a year from now. Mm -hmm. And I can't wait to look back on that story next November, probably on this podcast, probably with you and say, holy shit, look what we've done or look what I've done, look what you've done. And just to be a completely different person, because I don't know that I fully enjoy who I have been, but that's not to vilify who I have been, because there's a reason why I'm the way that I am right now. But I'm also looking very much forward to who I'm becoming. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's it's interesting because that kind of brings up something that I have um, had some awareness come in. And I mean, we've kind of talked about this before, not necessarily on the podcast, but just together. And then um, I had it kind of come back up again is the idea of having a funeral for your old self. Oh, yes. You know, like um, that kind of popped into my awareness again today. And I was like, oh, you know what? That is something that I have been hardcore either bypassing or just like, you know, I have the idea of how I want to do it. And then I just haven't had the time yet. Um, so it's interesting to kind of be in that energy of like, let's manifest and create new and then have that, you know, that gratitude and that ceremony for releasing the old, um, mm-hmm. which kind of gets into the whole, like learning how to zero point or close down trajectories. Right. Because when I'm moving forward, I want to close out like whatever else does not serve me, right? Whatever path is no longer my, you know, soul path kind of thing. So I know maybe people haven't heard of zero pointing or closing down trajectories before, but it's essentially like, um, you know, if you have a fork in the road and you can go left or you can go right and you choose to go left, well, there's still that possibility that you could have gone right. So there's still a trajectory or a path that way mm-hmm. that if you don't close down can cause problems in the future for you, right? Mm-hmm. So the way that I kind of zero point or close down trajectories, if it's if it's something that I'm like dreaming up and then it ends up not feeling accurate or ends up not being something that I want to actually manifest and create, Mm -hmm. what I'll do is I'll zero point, which is essentially I will fold everything in on itself. So I imagine myself in like, it's almost like a holographic grid that kind of extends around me and I'm in the center. Mm -hmm. And then when I zero point, it's almost like, like I said, it folds in on itself. I can't, there's an image that I kind of see in my head where everything gets kind of pixelated or like gridded. And then they just fold and like just disappear into the grid that I had built around me that like 
holographic one. Mm -hmm. And so, like I said, when I'm dreaming or I'm trying to manifest something and I get to a point where I'm like, nope, that no longer wants, like, I no longer want that. I like, like I said, fold everything in and then zero point and start again and fold it out and like build up that, um, that dream or that manifestation again. Mm-hmm. When it comes to the trajectories, this is more like I could go this way or I could go that way, right? Like I could go the left or I could go the right path. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for example, like I could leave my job or I could stay at my job. I could start my own business. I could not start my own business, like that kind of thing. So when I'm thinking about, you know, the aspect of me leaving my muggle job to go full time in my healing practice, and doing that, like I can track out that trajectory and see how it might look, what kind of things would I need to shift or to change um, and that kind of stuff, right? And then there's the the trajectory of like, I stay in my muggle job. I don't have a full-time healing practice. What does that look like? And then I kind of map that out. Now, whichever trajectory I end up choosing, whether that's in this example, leaving my muggle job or staying in my muggle job, the other one you have to un like you have to reel back in, otherwise it'll kind of constantly be drawing and siphoning energy from you, right? Mm-hmm. So the way, and I mean, like lots of people do this in different ways. The way that I kind of remember, like, re- see it, is almost like when I'm doing a trajectory, it's like a timeline that I've drawn out for myself. So I kind of almost, I like to fish, so I kind of see it as like if I cast a line out. Oh and God. then when I'm, when I need to take that trajectory back in, I kind of reel it back in so that it's like, you know, back into myself, almost as if mm-hmm. I'm the reel or like the, that, like the twine, right? Like you can imagine it almost as if you're reeling back in like wool or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, some people will see it, um, actually the, the image of a, like a chalk line, um, kind of extending out for me was what just presented in my head. And then when you close down the trajectory, you like brush it away, you know, like use an eraser to erase it. Right. And I think that's something that not a lot of people are really aware of. Um, and like, I wasn't either until I had, you know, the, the lensing that kind of came in with, um, connecting with Caitlin and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And so with this awareness, I found that I'm, once I kind of make that decision of this is the trajectory or this is the path or this is the, the thing I want to create or manifest Mm -hmm. when I close out everything else that is not those things, it makes it so much more clear and so much more, I don't know, exciting to manifest, I guess could be a word or a way to describe it because I'm not constantly then pulled with the what ifs or should I could, a you know, kind Mm -hmm. of situations. I don't know if that's similar for you. I don't know if you zero point and close trajectories as often as I do, but. <laughs> I probably don't, but I should. But I really love how beautiful and vivid your imagery is. And I'm just over here like, I'm definitely the burn it down kind of person. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I do still also get the grid line, but I don't necessarily put much into whether it's holographic or not. I just see the lines. Like I see the, I see them. Mm -hmm. Um, and for me, it's not so much about folding in upon itself. It's literally like, I'm done with this, fuck it. And I snap my fingers and it crumbles into dust. (laughs) I love it. Because that's just, you know, let's get the shit over with is is who I am. Um, 
I haven't historically been that, but that's part of my healing process, right? Because I'm trying to reclaim those aspects of her that used to be that let's just get the shit over with. Let's move forward and taking action and, you know, mm-hmm. actually enjoying life instead of being the grumpy old bear that I have been for a very, very long time. <laughs> um, but taking a look at and realizing when you have, when you can't make a decision on something, you are not necessarily always aware that that is an open trajectory. And then if you start to struggle in this decision and like Q Libra, because I am Libra, we're known for being indecisive, but the real truth I think to that is that we just have a lot of options in front of us. And because of those options, we don't necessarily spend the time tracking into each line to figure out which one is going to create most for me. We just want to play in all of it because we want all, we want to be that energy of like, why can't I have it all? But then if we're swimming in that, you know, uncertainty and not knowing of what we actually want, we can't bring it into you, can't manifest it if you haven't decided. The universe will conspire with you when you make the decision. Mm -hmm. So it could be as simple as just making the decision to be the way to close your trajectory. You don't necessarily have to walk yourself through that visual, but it does help. And the more you pay attention to things, you might actually get your own version of the same visual. Um, But to think about just making that decision and then feeling into it and deciding, is this the right next step for me? And then being able to recall all of that energy of the other trajectories that you have had open. I think it is important because it almost, I have experiences where it has taken me off my axis and not, I've not been able to feel grounded because I feel like I'm so wrapped up in all of these different ideas that are coming forth. And it's like, okay, well, I also have another image sometimes of like where it's ropes, like you had mentioned, and I'll just pull the ropes back in and I either leave them in a pile until later and decide which ropes are going to show up again or wait for something better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think I like what you said there, where it doesn't necessarily have to be that grand vision of like, I am reeling back the trajectory because it could literally be like, no, I'm done with that. I'm closing the door. Yeah. Right. Like, and just saying that, right. Like that's final. I'm done with that. Um, and I mean, you and I both know, I quite like burning things down. So I mean, maybe I'll have to start doing that. (laughs) Just instead tossing that match and letting it burn. (laughs) (laughs) It's so cathartic. I really love sitting around the bonfire, sitting around a pile of candles and just being in that warm glow. And I will often stare into the bonfire directly and watch it as it burns hot and as it burns down. And I watch the way the flames lap. And I often, um, I get some really cool information drop in I think it's just because I'm hypnotized and focused and my brain state isn't that different, like open to receive. Mm-hmm. But I also spend a lot of time processing my emotions that way. And I find like, I, when I've needed a good cry, I sometimes have to actually sit in front of a bonfire first and like journal out or just mental dump into the bonfire, what it is that's going through my head so that I can clear that away so that I can have that emotional release. Um, but then it's also like, it becomes scrying for me too. Mm-hmm. because then I'll start to see shapes and I actually had a wood spirit show up in my fire yesterday I didn't have to take a picture of it though or whatever night we had um I was sitting by the bonfire during class mm-hmm. 
and I was burning all my papers from when I was a kid that I had gone through and I found all my kindergarten art this guy made the joke that wow we as as educators have really come a long way in teaching kids art because the stuff that I've taught my students for art looks way different than the stuff that I found that I had brought home to my mom but it's like it's so cute it was like cut and paste and color in the lines kind of stuff but yeah now we do a lot more detailed uh, things with our kids because we really I think we kind of underestimate the capability of children but anyway um, I was staring into the fire and this one stick, it just had this really cool look on his face. And it was, a, the way this wood was burning was actually burning from the inside out. It, it was like the innards were glowing. And even though there was flames lapping around other sections of the bonfire, which is a pretty large round silver tub, um, I could just, it was almost like it was illuminating the face from the inside out. And I just thought it was really cool. And I just stood there and stared at this woodland spirit for a little while. and. I don't really know that I have the details on the codes that I was receiving, but I just, it just felt like I was definitely in like a trance-ish state watching it. And I do feel a lot better, obviously, after this bonfire, but like, I also just like burning stuff. It's fun to have fire and it's fun to have friends around the fire coming into circle and having these conversations and sharing, you know, our triumphs and our tragedies and our jokes and all of that. So. Mm -hmm. I think we could probably do an entire episode just how like just about fire and how cleansing it can be but then also the the um like the flip side of that being like it also can be quite destructive I think that would be a fun topic that would be a fun topic to talk about I'm all for it yeah I'm all for everything I like talking <laughs> I know I just I like I don't know. I love getting like ideas of like what we could talk about. And it's just like every time we have a pot, like every time we have an episode, we're always coming up with like more and more topics. And I'm like, I need to start writing all these down. <laughs> Absolutely. But that's okay. Those listeners out there can also remind us of the chats and on the, on the reviews and whatnot. Um, but as promised, I remember saying that I would tell a funny story about dreams about my family. So I'm going to share this and I'll, I'll bring it back around. So um, my dad is a is a very entertaining character and <laughs> he's a loud guy he's definitely a bit of a goofball and he's known for talking in his sleep he's been known for talking in his sleep since i was a small child and my childhood home has a weird not like a pretend ensuite bathroom where the bathroom has a door to it into the master bedroom but it's not an authentic ensuite because it's the actually main bathroom in the house so <laughs> i have to say i had come home late one night it was like three o'clock in the morning i'm sure i don't know if i was it must have been after a bartending shift when i was much younger 20 years -ish ago and my dad was asleep in his room and I'm like, you know, in my bliss of, okay, going to wind down from work, have a nice long hot shower, wash the bar gunk away and the energy of the day. That's where I do a lot of my clearing in the shower. Um, I love water as equally as I love fire. And I'm like, this is going to be TMI, you guys. So just, you know, fair warning. I'm literally standing in this bathroom, buck naked, ready to sit on the toilet and then hop in the shower. And the second I sit down, I hear what are you doing in there? Get the fuck out of there. And I'm like, are you for real right now? It's three o'clock in the morning and you're fucking yelling at me about getting into the bathroom. I had no idea he was sleeping. I literally just thought that he was pissed off that I was in the bathroom at three o'clock in the morning because we've had stupid arguments like this my entire life. That's just our relationship. Yeah. And then I realized that he was sleeping 
<laughs> and I was like, well, this changes things. But I composed myself and grabbed my towel to just to make sure that he was actually okay. But he often had dreams where he was chasing somebody, yelling at somebody, fighting somebody. Because even my mom has shared stories that, you know, like obviously being married to the guy they were married for more than 50 years before he passed away. So she would know his 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 patterns, his sleep patterns. And she would always say like, she's like, he was never violent. He would never physically kick or punch or push in, in his sleep state, but he would often talk and yell. And it was constantly getting into an argument. He would yell and swear. And like, you would literally, you could have an entire conversation with this man and he would have no conscious awareness of it in the morning because you were talking to him in sleep state, but he would answer you the questions you were asking. That's so true. So it was so, it's like, it's so funny, but I almost think like, just to wrap this up for today's episode, like, I kind of look at it as like when you're in your dream state and you're processing stuff and you have all these trajectories open, perhaps the moral of the story folks is to shit or get off the plot and face what you're actually dealing with so that you're not yelling and screaming at somebody at three o'clock in the morning when they're trying to shit and get off the plot. (laughs) It's amazing. Oh yeah. 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 I mean, there's, we could, uh, that could be a whole other, another episode. This is going to be a part one. I'm going to yeah, say, cause I sure. feel like this could be more like we could talk about dreams more often. Um, but yeah, we should probably wrap it up. We're trying to keep it <laughs> less than an hour. You guys, yeah. so you're not stuck with us for three hours at a time. <laughs> yeah. But awesome. All right. Well, I think we'll wrap it up there. Absolutely. Um, yeah, if you uh, want to send us any information or like ideas for our next episodes, you can find us at um, our Instagram, which is Enter the Vortex Podcast. Um, or you can find us on Facebook. You can listen to us on like all of your major podcast platforms, which is exciting. You can also watch us on YouTube and you can see what our pretty faces look like. <laughs> awesome. And you can also find us at, uh, well, individually, you can find me at, at heel, uh, Aaron Mindy. Wow. I couldn't even remember what I, <laughs> what my thing was. Um, oh. that's at heel with Aaron Mindy. There we go on Facebook and Instagram. And then Carol, you can find at elevate with Carol sky or carolsky.ca. Awesome. All right. Well, everyone take care and uh, you will hear from us next week. Bye. Bye.